Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. Swinging around to the, well, not the end of the September. I think there's another September episode after this, but we have a September episode in which we are going to Video Game Town, a town that we have stayed in many times, and we will be there again. I'm Illegal86. I am joined as ever by my good friends, Tectic and Nerd Bomber. Hello. Tectic, Nintendo or Sony? No, I'm not going to play think, this don't game. Don't think, don't think. The answer is okay. no. I, it, there's different game consoles for different moods. So no. So Nerd Bomber, should, should I even bother asking you? Or are you going to say the same thing? From these two showcases, I think my interests more aligned with Sony's in this case, but I think both brought a lot to the table. And in terms of the consoles themselves, actually, I'm going to be honest with y'all, I don't use the Switch as much as my Xbox and PlayStation. There, I said it. Which means I use the Switch more than my Xbox and PlayStation. We disagreed in almost every way in, in that in that statement that you just made, Nerd Bomber. We'll, get, we'll, we'll dive into it. So, so this week, we are covering the state of play from Sony that took place last week, and also the Nintendo Direct that took place last week, kind of competing game events, uh, one of which was significantly more jam-packed than the other. Not that that makes it better, but Nintendo had quite a bit more to roll out. So we're going to cover that in the first half of the episode and and get to state of play later and also get to some kind of ancillary PSVR news that we got around the same time. But uh, yeah, this, this, this Switch versus console thing, it's... It's very interesting. I'm sure I've talked about this before, especially because recently I've been playing more of the Switch. The Switch, it's just... And the, it's the reason I wanted it. I, I bought it during the pandemic and it was a great purchase. It's it's so pick Well, it's very portable compared to the PlayStation 5, you know? Like, in terms of poundage, I, I definitely agree. The Switch is more pick This was a joke. It's not a, well, this was a right. joke. Yeah, it definitely, definitely pick it up easier. That's for sure. But what I, I guess what I mean is like, because Sony has gone out of their way and, and like to their credit, they've done a great job of like making it easier. When I would turn on my PS4, it was like from turn on to actually playing a game. It was a good, whatever, five minutes or something that I could have spent gaming. And with the solid state drive and, and, and all the things they did with the PS5, they've really cut that time down. Somehow it's still too much sometimes. Like it's it's still just like, the switch it's just man you just you pick it up and you're playing almost instantly and i don't know it, to, to me again again right now it's just right now and like the mood i'm in i guess or the, the 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 summer to fall vibe has me just really in that space but yeah i mean the ps5 obviously has like better graphics let's just call it what it is we'll kind of roll into the nintendo direct here because there is a lot to cover we should probably start at the end I don't want to like try to organize this in like biggest announcements, but obviously there was one announcement that was, you know, dwarfed every single other announcement that happened. And that of course, of course I'm referring to the legend of Zelda tears of the kingdom, formerly known as the legend of Zelda breath of the wild two. I believe this was the video and the reveal that gave it a title, gave it a release date of May the 12th, 2023. And we got a trailer that was very generic, but also that people are probably going to be trying, they're probably trying to dissect it right now. I don't, you know, my hands are not at all enough in like the Zelda war to understand any of what was going on with these, like, they they weren't hieroglyphs, but you know what I'm talking about, the stuff Mm -hmm. in the stones. Am I supposed to take anything away from that? I guess I'll I'll turn it over to you guys, because you guys have both played Breath of the Wild, as far as I recall. So I played it for maybe like two hours. I actually really struggled with Breath of the Wild. I feel like I should probably go and revisit it because I didn't necessarily give it a fair shake. I am probably going to be the person who 
is like the only person to say this. I understand why people are very excited about this trailer and announcement, and I'm very excited for them to be excited for this. But I just, I didn't jive with Breath of the Wild. I think it was the destructive weaponry. I hate that game mechanic. It stresses me out. I don't end up using the best weapons because I don't want it to break on me. And that aspect of the game alone was enough to like put me off of Breath of the Wild in general. And I feel like I just need to go back and revisit it with a fresh perspective and maybe not get so hung up on that. But I am not stoked for this game because I'd never played the first one. So tactic. as far as the hieroglyphs go, I mean, right off the bat, it, it basically teased you saying, hey, this is Zelda because you recognize a lot of the familiar bad guys and things like that. That was my major takeaway. This looks breathtaking, <laughs> just like the first one does. But I'm ashamed to say that I myself haven't played it yet. I'm going to play it, and the game mechanic does not scare me. It's it's something that's common in, in quite a lot of different games, and you, you learn to overcome. But yeah, this looks like something to get excited for, especially those that actually played and completed the first one. For those that do not know, and the reason I passed the buck so quickly, I tried playing Ocarina of Time once for like an hour and i was like this sucks and i stopped and i know that makes me a terrible person so just save your tweets all right i know they're going to be hurled my way anyways but i liked the old school zelda the top down 2d pixel that was my my absolute favorite i just feel intimidated by this even when we played there was so much calamity in that game even when we played Hyrule Warriors, there was just, it just, it didn't have the same mechanic that I loved. And I just, even though it's nicer graphics, it just doesn't resonate with me. So I'm hoping that that's just this weird bastard stepchild. And when I play Breath of the Wild, I'll enjoy it much more. Yeah, this is, I mean, you know, Tears of the Kingdom, obviously an enormous deal. Also, obviously, we don't really know anything yet. Like, uh, I feel like if I had seen this footage and someone said this is footage from Breath of the Wild, I'd have been like, yeah. Like it's the, there's not much particularly different or new about what we've seen. So it's hard to kind of get into the nitty gritty of, of what it's going to bring to the table. I do want us to all three of us kind of put our heads together. And so we have Breath of the Wild. We have Tears of the Kingdom. What is the next title going to be? <laughs> because it's clearly blank of the blank. And it's something like vaguely evocative of like something you do, like you cry. It's Sounds of the Sky. Sounds of the Summer. No, Sounds of the <laughs> sounds Sky. Sounds of the Sky is honestly way better. I, I, I would say Song of the Sky. Although, isn't Song, isn't there already a Legend of Zelda Song of Somethings or something rather? Am I making that up? I like Song of we the Sky. We had Wind Waker. Song of the Sky. Song of the Sky is, is pretty good. But they already came out with Windward Sky. That one was definitely one. I think Song of the Mountains. One. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Mountain is definitely, yeah. So you heard it here first. We're breaking the news to everyone. The Legend of Zelda, Song of the Mountain, or Mountains, will be coming after Tears of the Kingdom. So be on the lookout for that. Kind of trying to stay, I mean, so I'm just going to start going here. Because I'm also going to say, right out of the gate, I wasn't really engaged by this showcase at all. <laughs> I don't. There was only one thing. And in fact, why don't I go to that thing now? I'm going to say one thing that I thought was good and that I was into. And then I'll turn it over to you guys. We can kind of kind of hop around. There were a lot of new games that were announced. There were a lot of like DLCs that were announced. And then they did the thing that excited me and they said, we're going to be adding some new Nintendo 64 games coming either in 2022 or 2023. And this was a veritable who's who of like the most banger N64 games that I remember, starting with Mario Party 1. You mean Pokemon the Stadium? The best Mario Party. Pokemon Stadium. Well, that's that's the thing. Like Pokemon Stadium is worth mentioning because watching the footage that they had of Pokemon Stadium, I was like, 
I remember this. I remember enjoying this, and I don't even like Pokemon. Like very publicly, I'm not into Pokemon. But well, because that was that like a fighting was still... game. It was like a turn-based fighting game. Mm-hmm. Well, but that's all Pokemon is. What well, you just described, all of Pokemon. But like, but like different I, though. I, I suppose. I mean, I, 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 there's definitely nostalgia at play. Here. Did you see um, the little like, screwball icon that said first player when Goldeneye came on? Or was I just having a I fever dream? That. It was there, but I don't think that's Metroid specific. But I don't know enough about that franchise. Someone out there, go ahead and rewatch it and tell me what that screwball icon is from. Goldeneye was actually one that I know that was like one of the most iconic N64 games. I never played that one. Potentially because I wasn't allowed to, but I honestly don't remember. I will play it now. The other one I was really, really excited about, though. Excited by? I don't know. Like, I don't even know. That's, I mean, it's it would be reasonable for me to be excited about that one because the one I was excited for was 1080 snowboarding, which, like, I don't know if 1080 was even that big of a deal or that popular of a game, but it was, I think that was, like, one of the first games we got for the N64. It was, like, in that early era, and it was just, it's the freaking greatest. It's just, there's so much memory. Like, it's, it's, I want to, I don't want to like gloss over the fact that of all of these new game announcements for like Nintendo Switch games, this was the thing that excited me the most by far about the Switch showcase, the Nintendo Direct, whatever you want to call it. I think that may just be that, like, it may be that like a lot of stuff in this showcase was directed very much away from my typical video gaming interests. There was like a billion Square Enix games. I don't know if you guys mentioned that. They were all Square Enix games that were like, I don't know, just not my cup of tea. So that was kind of my big thing. Did you guys have, do either of you guys have a big thing that you want to make specific mention of that you thought looked good? I think one of the things that I did want to kind of note was that there seemed like there were a lot of like farming simulators. I mean, there was... Oh the, my gosh, yes. Yeah, there yes. was like Story of Seasons and Wonderful Life, which was originally a GameCube game, I believe, but they're basically remaking that and bringing that back to the Nintendo Switch. There were... I feel like a ton there. We saw another look at Harvestella, which is like a farming sim, but also with some RPG elements. It felt like they kept trying to sell me on having a wife, like in every <laughs> game. They're like, yeah. and you can have a wife. And I was like, wild. And then I think the one that, so I do like, I like the genre of games, but I think the one that I was most excited about was Fae Farm. And it, the thing that kind of sold me on it the most was that there was Animal Crossing elements, but it also looked like there was some sort of like action RPG activities going on, sort of like Harvestella, but a little bit lighter and more in that like kitty Animal Crossing realm. But also it has multiplayer and I'm going to drag Tactic into this game with me because we won't. both played... Yes, I will, because we both played Animal Crossing and you dragged me into Animal Crossing for the first time ever. I didn't even think I'd like that game. And so I'm going to drag you into this because this kind of looks like Animal Crossing. But I say you won't because you're going to be busy playing the other game that was the game that I was most excited about from this whole showcase. What was that? Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe. Yeah, I figured you were going to bring this one up. When I saw Kirby, I was like, this was... Game Boy Color or Game Boy SP Kirby style with your friends. Y'all could be Kirby. None of, none of this silly tertiary character co-op. This is full on Kirby Kirby action co-op. This is what I wanted to introduce you to Kirby with. Not Kirby in the Forgotten Land. This one. Is this a remake? Like, I've never done a whole lot of Kirby gaming. I'm going to be honest there. I've dabbled in Kirby, but I haven't like sat down and actually played a Kirby game. This is a remake. But with co-op, but with brands. Okay, okay. And it's deluxe. And it's did deluxe. you hear about the deluxeness of it? It's got a big old D. Yeah. Lux. 
Deluxe. There were a few other games. Like, there were a lot of, like, the JRPG things. And, you know, there was the Bayonetta 3 trailer and the new trailer for Fire Emblem, which Fire Emblem Engage was announced. I haven't played any of the Fire Emblem games. I didn't even realize. See, I feel like people listening to this who are big Nintendo fans are probably, like, gritting their teeth because they hate us right now. But, like, I have played Smash Brothers and didn't realize where Marth came from. And now I know because Tactic was like, oh, there's Marth. Well, then, like, the first five seconds, I was like, oh, is this Fire Emblem? And she looks over to me. She goes, you played Fire Emblem? And I'm like, that's where Marth comes from. She goes, Marth's in Smash. Yeah, I I also, I clocked it as Fire Emblem right away. I, d- see, I didn't. And something about this Fire Emblem seems a little bit more engaging than the last entry into the series, which I know everybody was raving about, but I just never got into. But th- like, were there always dragons in Fire Emblem? Because the dragons pulled me in. So maybe I might give this a shot just because there's dragons. And I'm like in a dragon vibe right now. And it's it's more engaging because it's called Fire Emblem Engage. That was, that's like the whole purpose. Fair. <laughs> they want you to be engaged. I, I think everything you said is right. And I'm I'm glad you, because I meant to mention it, I had just forgotten. There's so much farming going on in this. I was like, should I, should I move off the land? And like you were saying, Tactic, it's like, geez. Like it's, every, every time I looked up at the screen, it's like someone was like, you know, plucking a radish out of the soil or whatever the generic farming thing is. Which again, not really my, my cup of tea, but it's clearly going on right now, as well as all the JRPGs. I do have to ask you guys a question. So with a lot of the JRPGs, so like, Bayonetta 3, Rain Code. I thought the concept of that looked kind of interesting. Like it seemed like more of a detective sort of thing. But with a yeah, lot of Yeah, I was these, into Rain like, Code. I was going to bring Rain Code up because like, I think Rain Code is interesting. The aesthetic and the, the story seemed really interesting. But for a lot of these games that seem like they should have like high detail graphics and everything like that, like Bayonetta 3, Rain Code, like the textures and everything and like just the general design of the game seemed like it wanted to be a higher graphic capability game than what the Switch could handle. I, I don't know if that was just me, but like I couldn't help but feeling like the Switch's graphics are starting to show their age a little bit. Was that just me? Like when you don't have high cartoony style stuff, it doesn't look great. I think that's certainly true. And like, I, I don't know. I think these developers may be trusting in the fact that like Switch owners know that. As a Switch owner, I know that when I pick up the Switch to play a game, I'm not getting the graphics that maybe I want, but also I'm just I'm not getting the graphics that you can get elsewhere. And here's the other thing. Most of the time for me, I play it on my on the small screen. I don't play it on my television. So I'm not I'm not really noticing right, exactly. the, the high def loss. So it, it doesn't really impact me. That's fair. I do re- distinctly remember when I played Astral Chain, I kind of ping-ponged between playing that on the big screen and playing that in handheld mode. And I remember when I started on the, the big screen, I was like, mm, this doesn't look as good as I want it to. But then I think you were playing on the PlayStation or something, Tactic. So I went into handheld mode for the majority of the game as I was playing it. And I like that wasn't even a thought once it got on that small screen. This kind of a segue into one of the other games I wanted to mention that maybe the thing I was most excited about besides the N64 stuff, and there's a, there's a trend here, uh, Radiant Silver Gun. I was like, this looks super fun. And like, I, I think I enjoy, especially with this console, because yeah, I know how I'm going to play it, which is typically going to be handheld. Like Radiant Silver Gun is not remotely trying to have any graphics. It's focusing on the gameplay. It's focusing on this kind of old school shoot em, shoot em up kind of thing that like, yeah, I think that's great. I mean, obviously, I don't want it to cost very much, but like, I think that's a great place for, you know, development to be happening with these ga- with, with the Switch is like, just have something that is going to focus on the gameplay and know that its users 
they're not going to care about graphics because they'll see the trailer and say, this game is not about graphics, but neither am I. So they're not trying to please people who are wanting that out of the switch. Cause like you said, the switch just isn't going to give that to people just go all the way to like arcade style. I think that's uh, tends to be an okay route moving along, I guess. And yeah, I, I'm glad you mentioned rain code too, because I thought rain code was really interesting. I don't know if it's one that I would buy necessarily, but it was, it stuck out as different to me. If you see it on like I, super I sale like or something, good. eventually it feels like a game that I would pick up. Yeah, exactly. There were, there were a couple of things that were announced at least a couple of things that were like, this game was previously out elsewhere and it's now coming to the Switch. And one that I want to make mention of that we've all played that is very good, that has like won awards and everything. Like, I, I feel like it takes two. It's the most Switch game ever to me. Like it belongs on the Switch. It, it would have made more sense to me, honestly, if that had come out on the Switch first before it came out everywhere else, because it feels so much more like a Switch game to me than like a PS4 game. To me, that's a total smash, you know, home run, match made in heaven situation. So I just wanted to kind of make mention of that. And also Pikmin. There's a new Pikmin game. And have you guys ever played Pikmin? Yes. Yes. Okay. Can you explain what it is? I don't, I don't get it. It's basically you have to collect and grow these little Pikmin and depending on the color and the quantity, it can help you progress into the next level. So you need, so let's say, 10 red Pikmin to move to open up the next passageway and then you'd keep progressing and then you have to get back to your ship before nightfall or else all of your things will get eaten. And it's just this like timing management progression game that's so very stressful. One of the like OG farming sims then? Kind of. I don't want to call it a farming simulator. It's in that realm, but it is a little different from what I can tell. It's almost more like one of those conquering map games, really. Like a real-time strategy sort of thing? Yeah, it, it's more akin to that. It's it's neat. I don't know how they've been able to milk three additional installments out of it. And I, a mobile game that was people go, <laughs> But yeah, people are people, people are go it. people go crazy for Pikmin. I know a couple people who are like really really into it. I I don't I don't get it. Again, I I don't get it to the extent that Nerbomber, I'm glad you asked that question because if you hadn't, I was going to ask it. I just like don't even know what the game is. But so there's a fourth one coming out, so <laughs> it it has found it's it's a very simple concept, ways. but I just like I said it it to me it didn't seem like it was repeatable. I think it was like this neat novel thing and then you do one and done and call it a day. Other things, there's two There's two others that I want to make quick mention of, and then I'll turn it over to you guys for, for more if you want. Lego Bricktails. Yes, I love Lego. I feel like that's all I need to say about this. Bring that to me. Per, again, and again, perfect Switch experience. Just wanted to gloss over that. And then also another one that I wanted to mention was Sifu, which I know we've talked about. Sifu is out elsewhere, is it not? Yeah, that was originally a PlayStation exclusive. I think that came out over the summer for PlayStation. And so I'm interested to see it make the jump over to Nintendo. See, it's another one that I think it just it just belongs here. I think I think it, I think it makes sense. I I do want to try it. I I don't have a whole lot of kung fu game experience and also like in my experience with Everspace and hopefully soon Returnal, like I don't I guess I don't know if I don't know if Returnal is a roguelite, but like roguelike, like they they kind of scare me a little bit. They're very punishing. <laughs> like the roguelike experience is just like, hey, if you think you're not gonna like die going through this game, get ready because you're gonna die many times. And you, it's just like a totally different play style. So I'm curious what that looks like in the context of a kung fu game. So I don't know if it's the best kung fu entry point for me, but it, I'm intrigued. So yeah, those are those are kind of my my high points. Do you guys have other ones in this showcase that you're wanting to make mention of? One I want to mention that wasn't mentioned yet, and because you mentioned the roguelite, I want to mention Endless Dungeon. That one, the plot looked really good. The fighting looked good. The animation looked cool. 
But the second they mentioned roguelite, I was just incredibly terrified and did not want to invest in it. I wish I wish they would like give an option for that. Like, hey, you can have it like this, or you can just like die and it's not punishing. Cool, thanks. Enjoy. You know, right. Give me I some, give me some checkpoints. I always thought that I would hate those type of games and then Hades, and I know this isn't part of the showcase or anything that Nintendo Direct, but like Hades kind of opened and broadened my horizons a little bit because that was so good. And I understood from Hades how that formula can be really addicting and there's like strategy involved to it and it's not always punishing especially if it's done right but I think it is really heavily dependent on being done right because after Hades I did try I don't even remember what it was I think it might have been Neon Abyss and I got very frustrated very quickly losing all of my progress well so if you liked it if you like those kind of games and you're a trio of three because you can play with two two other friends, <coughs> online warriors. <clears throat> uh, then maybe maybe you should try it out. Got something stuck in your throat there. Yeah, roguelike. It's it's you know they, I have to be in the right mood for them. Like Everspace, and I don't know that Everspace because that's my roguelike kind of touch point. I don't know if it's designed to be played this way, but I've kind of played that game in short bursts for like a week or two at a time and then i'm like man it's frustrating and i put it down and walk away and like the way it i mean the way roguelikes are you come back to it and it's going to be exactly the same as it was you know so it's like you may you know kind of adapt to the game and, and and really find yourself within the game like getting better at certain parts of it if you do it you know in a short span of time and you might lose that if you walk away from it but at the same time i just i feel like the core experience is the same so i've kind of done that with everspace i don't know if that would work with other roguelikes just like you know play sifu like crazy or play endless dungeon like crazy for like you know a week and then put it down because it's just it just bothers me dying that much but i'm open to it i want to like roguelikes more than i do i think yeah i'm gonna be interested to see what you do with returnal because that was a main reason why I avoided that game. And Returnal, and again, I know not part of this showcase, but we're talking fully about roguelikes now. Like Returnal has come down significantly. I would say it's come down significantly enough in price for me to at least consider making the investment. But I'm scared. <laughs> like th- at this point, the reason I have not bought it yet is definitely just like I'm worried I'm going to buy it and not like it. And I'm already like holding it in high esteem and I don't want to ruin that feeling for myself, if that makes sense. I am definitely going to try it at some point. I'm just like, I'm currently trying to work through my my reticence towards the things we've heard about it. And I know we talked about it on the podcast, how like you can't stop a play. You can't like save during a playthrough or something like it just like you've got to go through it. And that's like, a, that's that itself is a big commitment. So we'll see what the future for me and roguelikes looks like but in the meantime are there other games here that we want to touch on before heading to break and heading into our discussion of the state of play i mean other than getting teased by disney speedstorm again with no firm release date again it still looks fun but like didn't we talk about this last week yeah or week before yeah it's it yeah, it a d23 they keep That's rolling right. out little teasers but no concrete release date and like what the heck I, yeah. I'm, i'll just they're teasing you Yeah, I'll just have to deal with that on my own time. But there is like two of the big ones that I haven't, I don't, I don't know if I have a ton of interest in, but I know they're kind of a big deal. Octopath Traveler 2, the sequel. I know the first game did really well. I do really like the like 2D, 3D art style, but 
It's mm-hmm. very, I think, like dialogue story heavy. And I think it's a long game that I just don't have time to invest in these days. Yep. But I'm sure people who are fans of that franchise are also excited. And then Fatal Frame. I know a lot of people were clamoring for that remake. It was a Wii game. They're remaking it. It's coming to Nintendo Switch. And I just got to ask again, I know it's spooky season, but who is playing these spooky games? Like, who has the wherewithal to sit through these games? Because, like, the little trailer looked creepy, and I was just like, I don't think this game is for me ever. Who plays these? Yeah, I mean... Genuinely want to know. Uh, me, maybe. I think I think scary games are cool. You know this about me. I, I'm not, not like, going to go out... I'm not, like, necessarily going to go out and buy this game. I'm just, like, I, I, under, I understand I it. I think spookiness I has its place. So don't, don't, don't generally hate on it, because when we get to the PlayStation section, we're going to talk about some of yeah. that. Yeah. That we are. So we will get to the PlayStation section after we take a break. I mean, yeah, there, there's other things in Nintendo Direct that we... I'm sure there's games here and DLCs that we did not even mention because there's just so much content. What did we miss? Let us know. At Online Warriors one at OWGlyLady6 is my handle. We have at OWNerdBomber and at OWTactic. And yeah, let us know what you liked, what you didn't like, what we sucked saying uh, for saying i i I don't know we're gonna head to a break now and talk about the sony state of play when we come back but before we do i would be remiss if i did not shout out our fantastic patreon producer mr stephen keller stephen was on the show with us a couple weeks ago he supports us at the night level as a result he gets that occasional guest segment on the show he also gets access to the monthly secret segment and vlog of course he gets this producer shout out and weekly input into the game segment you want to be like stephen you want to be a knight you want to hold a sword as dangerous as it is it feels kind of cool he also be a squire still gets to hold the sword i think the squire like hands the sword to the knight to like so the mic can actually like swing it around they get access to the monthly secret segment and vlog and there's also a page i'll be honest i have no idea what a page does but i know they are vitally important they get access to the monthly secret segment so for details on any and all of those levels of support you can head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast get the details there say hi to us say hi to steven consider helping us out with keeping these mics on and keeping the podcast coming your way so yeah thanks to steven thanks to all our subscribers we'll take a short break now We'll come back and we'll talk about the state of play. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because we heard them advertised on other shows. And quite frankly, I wanted to see what all the hype was about. And let me tell you, the hype was real. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. It's quick and easy for me to toss back in the morning as I'm getting ready for work. One scoop into a glass of water helps me wake up even on tired mornings, and I know my gut and immune system will be prepped for the day. And I know what you're thinking. Green drink. Blech. But Athletic Greens Green Drink actually tastes really good. The best part is that I get all my supplements in for way cheaper than taking individual supplements themselves. It costs less than three bucks a day, so you're investing in your health for cheaper than a cup of coffee. It's also a trusted product. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews and comes recommended by professional athletes and leading health experts alike. And for every purchase, you're helping to feed kids. 
Athletic Greens donates to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com emerging. Again, that is athleticgreens.com emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks to Athletic Greens for helping to sponsor the show. And now we'll get back to the episode. All right. The PlayStation State of Play happened last week. This was a, I don't want to say significantly, but it was a short, a pretty significantly shorter 20 minutes, basically, of a handful of reveals for PlayStation 5, some PSVR 2 content, also some PlayStation 4 content, I guess. Here, the headliner is definitely God of War. Now, I know... Nerd bomber, I think you're you're my you're my God of War lady. You know what's going on yes. with the God of War. I will say this trailer. I know I haven't played a single God of War game. I have little connection to this franchise. Of the two showcases, this was probably the best trailer. It is the most well put together. I think it was. Th- there's and I think we talked about this before with respect to these showcases. There's something to be said about mixing cinematics with gameplay footage effectively and giving audiences both. And this trailer did that in spades i in particular i actually thought the gameplay segments were significantly more impressive than the cinematics but i'll turn it over to you nerd bomber i I have a feeling you're excited about this one but if you're not let us know why i am very stoked so first of all do you own god of war like not the og one like the one that came out several years ago okay i know every time i tell you to play a game you're like no i'll never do it but yeah Hey, hey, Tactic, can you tell him to play this game? No, I don't play it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is a game that you would be able to complete in 12 hours. And the storytelling is phenomenal. The lore is fantastic. You bought me a lore book. It's amazing. I did. That's true. The a gift. Yeah. The gameplay is really fun. And even if you don't think you would enjoy that type of gameplay, because I didn't necessarily think I would either, it ended up being really fun. There's a lot of puzzle solving involved. I think that would be like right up your alley. I think you would really like it. There's a reason it won so many like goaties. I think you got to play it. And then you can play this game because this looks like a continuation of more awesome with a continuation of a really good emotional heartfelt story that was really well told in the first game. And I trust Sony Santa Monica to continue that amazing storytelling into the sequel. It's just, I'm so stoked for this. It looks so good. I can't gush about this enough. I feel like I don't typically pre-order games and I've been a little stingy, especially since, you know, I've gotten Game Pass and stuff like that. What games I'm going to pre-order? This is coming out in November and I'm going to be playing this. It just looks so good. It really does. Look, I'm open to it. The most compelling thing you said, the most enticing thing you said was 12 hours. Yeah, it's a very short game. Like you can, it's very linear. You can, there are elements where you can kind of like go off in a boat and explore, but you don't have to. And it's just, you can crank this out in 12 hours. And I know you love story driven games, very like cinematic, amazing storytelling, just from how you really enjoyed The Last of Us. This would be right up your alley. I'm telling you. And I know you don't take my recommendations seriously most of the time, but man, this is like, this, this is it. This is, this is good stuff. It's not that I don't take them seriously. I take them very seriously. I just don't play them. 
<laughs> again, I'm I'm definitely open to it. I'm the subject matter and the premise and the the atmosphere. I'm a little bit indifferent to. That's that's another challenge that I have to uh, work through myself. But again, I think the gameplay looked great. I think visually it was where it should have been. Like this, these were these were fully next gen graphics. I think so. Definitely into that. Not that not to turn this segment into like me convincing you to play God of War, but you say that the setting and stuff isn't up your alley. But from how much you were saying that you enjoyed Lord of the Rings, I would say like I know this is about gods and stuff, but this is a very high fantasy take on the ancient gods. The way that this God of War iteration is being played out feels a lot a lot more like Lord of the Ringsy high fantasy. So I think you would be surprised. The new show is incredible, by the way. It's neither here nor there. I might talk about it later, but in case I don't, it's amazing. I want to tell a story very briefly. One time, Tectic and me got in, a, got in a physical fist fight. We fought each other, and it was both our shirts were off. It was raining, and the trailer for Tekken Eight is exactly what it looked like. This is exactly this is, me and Tactic were fighting. I don't play Tekken. Let me start by saying that I don't really play many fighting games. This was incredibly impressive. Like I, I, I haven't. I remember when Mortal Kombat came out on the Xbox 360 and how big of a deal that was because it was like it's Mortal Kombat, but the graphics are really good, and they found a way to get that to heighten the gameplay. You know, you would think like fighting games, it's like the gameplay can't really be affected too much by graphics. This like, and I, I, a lot of this was cinematic, but a lot of it, I think, a, well, maybe not a lot of it, but a good chunk of it was gameplay and. I was like, I want to play this. It was seamless between the cinematic and the gameplay elements. Yes. Yes, definitely. The rain in particular was an amazing choice because it made everything look super cool and also very graphically impressive. Tactic, you, you're a fighting game guy, as I re- recall, and I could be wrong, I guess, but were you were you picking up what this trailer was putting down? I guess that's a very basic question. I did enjoy this trailer and I actually looked right at Nerd Bomber and said, you never want to play fighting games with me. <laughs> I yeah. suck at them. They're just they just hit different than other types of games. Didn't we decide it's because you're too good at it? Because we, we talked about Smash Brothers and Nerd Bomber's like, I don't want to play Smash Brothers. And you were like, I love it. And we we decided that she doesn't want to play it because you're you're too good at it. That might be, that might have been something I dreamed, but I some of our super fans can go back and pull an episode and, and timestamp for me of when that happened. Yeah, this is this looked the great. good part about fighting games and even this game, just in general, if you're not getting into them, they're sort of like they're very story driven. There's there's a lot of cutscenes and a lot of story. So you sit back and you really enjoy just a cinema. And then you get the occasional ready fight. And then you do your thing. And then the story continues. And it's just they're they're a whole nother genre. And I, I just think they're fantastic. They have their see. I, I guess like I, I question that. I don't I don't want to question you, but like how involved I can see characters having backstories that are fleshed out through their signature moves or something. But like, how can there be that deep to of a story to a game where the the principal mechanic and the principal thing you're doing is is this like I, I can see it being very fun don't get me wrong i can see it being worth you know worth the time you take to play it but like i don't i guess i don't see fighting games at large as like any sort of story experience at all but maybe that's because i'm going to recommend one to you that nerd bomber played that and as someone who doesn't like fighting games played through this and thoroughly enjoyed it because of the story element i want you to play the injustice games yeah, that was actually pretty good. Okay. These are and these are the DC. I'm, yeah. I'm familiar. Play the Injustice games, and that's basically how all fighting games do it. And then you'll you'll finally understand why they have their place and why they're so cherished. Let's talk about VR for a second. And th- this this has to be a multifaceted discussion because there were a couple of PSVR two games that were shown, and also 
I can't remember if it was before this event or directly after it was announced that PSVR 1 games will not be supported on PSVR 2, which is upsetting. I feel like we need to talk I, I, about I find that, that upsetting. Okay. Well, why don't it why don't we? It wouldn't have been upsetting if they had said that all along. But originally, it was clouded with, oh, it'll be just this or that. You could do whatever. And so everyone was just happy with it. And now this. Like, it flies in the face of the trends that we've been seeing. So it used to be that, you know, you would go into a new console generation and you couldn't play your old games anymore. But like everything became backward compatible. And I don't understand why a technologically less demanding game would not be able to work on the VR2. Like I understand that there's different methods of tracking between the VR and the VR2. They have different controllers and whatnot. But I feel like it can't be that hard to make like a generic overarching like map this tracking method to this button on the vr2 controller you know what i mean i feel like it can't be that hard to do and that is really kind of upsetting because i feel like there is a pretty big playstation vr1 library that most of us have amassed i mean playstation themselves have been giving out playstation vr games with like the the monthly ps plus games for a while it just seems silly not to have those carry forward and also like kind of lessens the immediate value of the playstation vr2 and i i want to i want to tack onto that because i i agree with everything you said this pill would be a lot easier to swallow and maybe i'm i'm in the minority on this opinion wise but this pill will be a lot easier to swallow if i didn't then watch these two trailers for the vr these games for the psvr2 and think these are not graphically special. These are not... To, to me, these these aren't elevated beyond the experiences I've already had on the PSVR. So why are you gatekeeping in this way? I I wasn't taken in by either of these. I thought Demio, I believe is how it's pronounced, I thought that looked cool. I thought it would be perfectly cool as a non-VR experience. And like, I, I don't... I don't know. I wasn't taken in by either of these. These definitely were not enough to get me to buy a PSVR 2. And if that's, if that's what their goal was, they missed the mark entirely. Maybe that's a little harsh, but like, I didn't see a whole lot of value in either one of them. I mean, did Galaxy's Edge, did that appeal to you guys in a particularly strong way? I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and I was kind of like, this was a very ho-hum trailer to me. Yeah, I mean, it looked cool, but it doesn't sell me on the PSVR 2. As someone who owns the PlayStation VR original and the, the Meta Quest 2, neither of these sell me on the PlayStation VR 2 because I'm pretty sure I can't remember if Demio is already out on the Meta Quest, but I feel like it is. I feel like this isn't a new game to the PlayStation VR 2 and Galaxy's Edge didn't seem like it was a step above anything. Like there are Star Wars games on the Meta Quest 2 that I can play that are just as cool. And even if Demio was exclusive to the PlayStation VR, there are very similar games. And I believe that there's similar tabletop games that we've covered in past episodes. So yes, recently. I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm really not sold on the PSVR 2 at all based on what we've seen here. Yeah, so I just confirmed that Demio is on the MetaQuest 2. So, like, these experiences didn't sell me on the PlayStation VR 2 at all. And I, I'm still curious, like, there were also a lot of hands-on accounts, I guess, after this, that a lot of the media outlets got a chance to, like, actually play with one of the headsets. And it doesn't seem like it's really doing anything beyond some, like, eye-tracking new technology that's in the headset. It doesn't seem like it's anything above and beyond what 
is in existing VR headsets besides being accessible to PlayStation 5 owners. You know what I mean? And I'm very curious what the price point of this is going to be because if this comes out and it's not cheaper than the MetaQuest 2 and it requires you to have a cable on your head and it requires you to have a PlayStation 5 and you're getting this pretty much the same experiences. Obviously, there's like Horizon, the the VR experience. It's going to be exclusive to PlayStation. But like Star Wars, you can get on the MetaQuest. Demio, you can too. And so like if they're not undercutting the price, I don't see how this has a place on my collection right now. I thought you were going to say on your head. Mm-hmm. Well, I was originally going to say on my shelf and then not that didn't make either. sense. But because I don't have a shelf for VR stuff. Let's try and take ourselves out of Bummer Town. I think with the remainder of these games, I, I think I, I want to just, there's one that I really want to make particular mention of because I thought the trailer was phenomenal and it's a game that I would love to play, Pacific Drive. And th- this is a unique case where the graphics for this were not particularly impressive. They maybe weren't even good. I love game experiences like this. And and when I say like this, what I mean is it appears to be a very quiet experience, very minimalist kind of, there, there's no HUD There's not a whole lot of information for you to know. You're kind of going through an interactive story is what this looked like to me. And I was very, very into the the ambiance and the vibe that this trailer had. So yeah, this one I'm definitely interested in. This is Ironwood Studios' first game. So potentially enticing debut for yours truly. But I don't know what you guys thought about that one. I thought it looked cool. I like games like that. Like this reminded me of like Firewatch in a car. I don't know if you guys played Firewatch, but like that's the vibes that I was getting from this. Firewatch, I believe, one of the few recommendations that you gave me that I actually took and played it and liked it. Gone Home, very similar experience Mm -hmm. where it's it's more so a story. It's like a story simulator, which I thought was great. What Remains of Edith Finch, another example of that. So definitely into that vibe. Were there other games here that you guys wanted to discuss? Absolutely. Okay, well, I'll, I'll turn the floor over to you then, because I don't feel strongly about anything else on the slate here, but it sounds like you do. So I had mentioned earlier in the episode that Scary does have a place in video games, and the PlayStation exclusive quest that is being released for the Hogwarts Legacy game is that place. They, they showed a very spooky mission, and my goodness, I am so glad that they're picking this for the Hogwarts game, because it is perfect. I don't want it at all to be cutesy Harry Potter. I want it to be its own thing. I want it to be my special mission. And I love that it's spooky. I think witches and wizards is scary. So that's one thing I wanted to mention. Another one that I wanted to make specific mention of was a game that I actually thought it was Assassin's Creed set in Japan. And that is Rise of the Ronin. This game looked exactly like that it looks like assassin's creed set in japan and looks awesome it just looks absolutely phenomenal it looks like it has everything that you get from the stealth attacks the falcon view and then you get that on top of the gorgeous aesthetic that is japan so i'm very excited to play this one this is something right. i am 100 percent going to purchase which by the way you know an assassin's creed game centered in feudal japan is literally in development right now it's supposed to be coming out within the next couple of years so that is i, I agree the parallel the parallels are there definitely i i could see the two kind of samurai games that are announced like kind of competing with each other in a weird way there's definitely a lot of games in this in this field in this genre right now that are trying to 
do ghost of tsushima stuff i think and i'm open to it i don't know if any of them are necessarily for me but that said what you said about hogwarts legacy and this special mission i totally agree with and i remember thinking that when i watched this trailer you know harry potter is a universe that just that by the nature of it it's capable of such darkness and even when we get quote-unquote darkness in the movies it's family-friendly darkness right it's always touched on with like funny quips from ron shut up ron it can be pushed much further in that direction and i would like to see this you know playstation exclusive mission do that i don't know that it will necessarily but the trailer certainly seemed like it had a chance to so i agree with that as well uh nerd bomber anything else we want to mention here anything you wanted to make note of or did we kind of cover the high points i mean those are kind of the biggest ones there were two other announcements so i remember project eve was like a blade slasher action game that remember we saw trailers for before that got renamed to stellar blade that looks a little bit interesting i don't know if that would be like one of my day one buys but i could see myself like stumbling into it when it's on sale and having a lot of fun with it the combat in that did look pretty like not even pretty cool it looked really phenomenal yeah it looked like really fast-paced actiony stuff which is always fun and then sin duality was a new one that looked like a mech shooter i couldn't really get a good grasp for what was necessarily going on like what the story beat was but there were a lot of mechs and it seemed like you were battling other mechs and it was in that i guess the vibe of the trailer didn't fit what we saw in the trailer if that makes sense so they opened it up with with this quote advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic so you're, you're going to be thinking that like you're in these like humanoid mech suits that are like look almost like a tech wizard and then you're just in this blocky tank i don't care how advanced you are if you're in a blocky tank i'm gonna say that's tech that's not magic so i, I thought the vibe of the trailer didn't really fit the, the actual plot but i mean i, I could be surprised here but yeah, other than that, I mean, I think that kind of caps most of everything that was shown. So again, what did we miss? What did we what did we get wrong? At Online Warriors One, at OW Lady Six, at OW Tactic, at OW Nerd Bomber. Let's have a conversation. For what are you up to segment this week? I'm gonna swing it over to Nerd Bomber first so she can let us know what she's been up to. All right. So we've still continued playing Nobody Saves the World. I think we're getting very close to finishing the game. We have now unlocked all of the form factors, including the ultimate form factor, which Tectic was really pressing us to get and then ended up didn't like it. And I did like it. So here we are. It has its purpose, but it's not my favorite. But then another thing that I wanted to touch on is that... So the other thing that I really want to touch on is we watched Vengeance. And this is the BJ Novak movie that has now finally hit streaming. It's on Peacock, if you have Peacock. And this is an original kind of like dark comedy where BJ Novak is in the very beginning of the movie shown talking to John Mayer about how they're very flippant in dating. They don't want to really settle down with one person. They don't really want to get in the weeds with any one person. They just kind of want to date around. And while he has someone over, he gets a phone call from one of his ex-hookups brothers saying that she had died of an overdose and basically kind of bullies him into coming down to Texas to attend her funeral because they're convinced that he was her boyfriend and that they were more serious than just a hookup. So he feels uncomfortable and ends up going down there. And then the brother 
reveals to BJ Novak that he believes that his sister was murdered. So then BJ Novak, who's kind of like struggling with, you know, finding his voice because he's a writer, but he wants to have more of an impact, decides he's going to make a podcast out of investigating this quote unquote murder because he just thinks that her family is being stupid and doesn't want to face the reality that she actually just overdosed. And this was way more insightful than I expected. It was funny and there were a lot of funny like haha moments, but it was also very like dark at times and just a very introspective sort of comedy that I was very surprised by. I think Ashton Kutcher was also very surprising to me. Like I've obviously seen him in other things and he does a really great job, but his role in this movie was probably one of the like highlight performances other than BJ Novak himself. And it was just a very good movie. I really don't want to give too much more information because I feel like you just have to go in and watch it with that little background that you kind of get out of the trailer anyway. It was good. It was really good. Tactic, I don't I don't know if you have any thoughts on it, but I would say this is probably one of the better movies that I've watched in the last like year or two even. Yeah, I would say it was good. It was really good. Thanks for that. Tactic or er- <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. A, a rousing review from 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 Tactic there. Well, Tactic, what what else do you have to say? I guess we'll swing it over to you next. In addition to that movie, this past weekend we fully embraced the fallness that is this time of year, and we did two things. One, we we started putting out our Halloween decorations, and more importantly, we started work on designing our own Halloween decorations. And we're gonna make some content and share that with you guys, but. We got two major things. One's going to be our candy bowl dish that is going to be this really cool pile of skulls that the candy dish is going to be on. And there's going to be some secret scary stuff hidden in that. And then the other thing is we're going to make a cool little hanging witch's cauldron with some orange lights for fire and some green lights for bubbly brains in the, in the pot. And then lastly, while we continue to work on that, Sunday... We want apple picking. If you haven't ever gone apple picking or haven't gone apple picking yet, do it sooner rather than later. One, you get the best pick of the apples. Two, it's just a great time, especially while the weather's still like fresh and warm and not bitterly cold. And fresh pick apples always last just way longer than grocery store apples. And you can make a ton of good stuff. So go apple picking, folks. That is my. What are we talking, PSA. Granny, Granny Smith? We're talking oh, no. Macintosh. Macintosh, McCoon. Oh. Granny Smith is the official apple. It's the best apple. So you did it. You did it wrong. I hate to, I hate to say, but at least you got apples. How do you like them apples? Good. They're good, good apples. And usually, when when you when I were there, I usually eat like four or five apples until I get a stomach ache. So it's a good time. I have to I have to go apple picking. That's a really good idea. Honestly, I hadn't even thought about doing it, but it, it is it is time. We Definitely. have recommendations if you're interested. Right on. On my end. Guys, Love is Blind just came out with another special <laughs> of like, oh, and it's not a new season. It's like, where are they now? And it's, I think, it's, I think it's three episodes. And look, if you watch Love is Blind, you know what you're going to get and you, you get it. I, we, we've only watched two of the three, but I got exactly what you think it's going to be. <laughs> okay. Everybody <laughs> put your spoiler muffs on, but I have to ask you a, a very good question, legal in real life. The couples that got married got divorced within about a week of each other. They announced it. Do they address that in this special? 
You don't even necessarily have to go into detail, but do they address it? This was filmed before they did. So I get that, but I thought for some reason, like maybe they made them hold off on the announcement until the special was about to drop or something like that. Just the timing of the two seemed suspicious. It hasn't been addressed yet. What I will say is through two of the three episodes, one of the couples, I guess I won't say who just for spoiler, it's very, very clear that they have been on the rocks since they got married. (laughs) Like there was never any like honeymoon period for them. Can you uh, you text me which couple it was? Because I'm curious. I will. I will. Yeah, we'll 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 talk about it. But yeah, it, it's it's pretty good. You know, again, it's it's love is blind. It's that same exact kind of content. So you know exactly what you're getting. That's about it for me, honestly. I'm I'm in a weird video game state. I I messaged Nerd Bomber and Tactic over the weekend saying I'm thinking about dusting off my Xbox 360. More to come on that. I'm just like I'm not. I'm having a hard time right now finding a video game that excites me. God, I'm, in, I'm in one of those weird funks. I it, I was really possible, excited about you digging out the Xbox 360, but now I'm like so hard on the God of War train. I'll I'll keep you all updated. That's that's what I can say for the time being. But in the meantime, I believe Tactic has a quiz for us. Yes, Tactic he does. T Dog, and the topic is Indiana Jones. So before I get in, into it, and you say, wait, 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 I want to say the scores. Why don't you go ahead and say the scores? Yeah, I'll say the scores. They don't do me any favors, but Tactic is at 11 and 8, Nerd Bomber 9 and 9. I'm at 8 and 14, and uh, Steven, 2 and 1. Steven, still in the black. Positive record. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, look, obviously I'm, I have high hopes here, but we'll see what happens. Okay, so I'm going to roll right into it with the first question, and that is, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was the highest grossing film. How much did it make worldwide? Who goes first? Y'all can figure it out. Uh, I'll go first because you keep losing so you can get the advantage there. That's, that's true. I do keep losing. How much like back then or in current dollars? Year to date. Year to date. 300 million. Okay. It's more than that. I'm going to say 400 million. It's got to be more than that though. Nerd Bomber takes this one. It's 317 million, 101,119 dollars. And we're off. <laughs> It's already looking looking real good for your boy. I didn't. I never really had a chance on that one. Fine. All right. So the next question: When was the first Indiana Jones movie released? Okay. Oh, uh, you're looking for a year, right? Yes. Okay. 1981. I think wasn't it slightly earlier? I feel like I'm gonna poop the bed on this. 1970. I'm almost positive I'm exactly right, but. Illegal is exactly right. Raiders of the Lost yeah. Ark was released. I actually June knew that 12th, one. 1981. Yeah. For a follow-up question. A rare occasion which I knew the answer. Well, maybe you're on fire now. So when was that supposed to take place? Like when did the when was the the timepiece set in? Yeah. God, I haven't seen this movie in so long. I can't even really put my finger on it. I want to say it was like the 1940s. I'm going to say 1940. Okay, you busted. I'm almost positive it's the 30s. I'm just going to say the beginning of time just to make sure i don't bust zero bc illegal takes it again it's you were close nerd bomber but you did bust it's 1936 oh come on I, i've seen raid of the lost Ark many times <laughs> i'm feeling pretty confident about that one too but okay let's uh let's see if i can wrap this up indiana jones and the last crusade is the longest movie currently released how long is it in minutes in hours and minutes okay can we just do flat minutes because hours and minutes is annoying Sure. I mean, I'm getting plus one here. I'm like, just, it makes sense for me to get plus one. I'm just going to say 121 minutes. 122, Bob. So Nerd yeah. Bomber takes this one. 
It's 127 minutes. So I knew I was close too. That's very frustrating. <laughs> I knew it was like just a hair over two hours because that's another one that I've seen many times. Okay. So good. we're all tied up. We have one question left. Let's see how it goes. And Illegal's got his plus one. It's true. So still going strong in the franchise for over 40 years. How old is Harrison Ford? Isn't he like 83? Is that your guess? Yeah. See, this is tough. So just to be clear, I did learn something from the last time I lost. I know that the best thing for me to do from a game perspective is plus one because the worst that happens is we both bust. So I'm going to do that and say 84, but I'm like 99% sure we both busted. (laughs) You both busted. Yeah, he's like 79 or something. He's 80 years old. (laughs) Yeah, gosh, see, I should. But this is last time I felt like a total dunce when I didn't do that. So, all right, so now we're doing a text in tiebreaker. I mean, 83 years old is very old, let alone 80, the fact that, whew. Anyway, so the next one's going to be a text in, and it is a... Boy, that's so frustrating. Man, that's just the worst, because I feel like I, I feel like I should have this one. All right, give me, the, give me the question. How many Indiana Jones movies are there, including the one coming out in 2023? My answer's in. Okay, so the one coming out in 2023 is titled currently Indiana Jones 5. So there are five. <laughs> Illegal busted and Nerd Bomber got it. Nail on the head. Wow. See, that's very frustrating because I, I guess Young Indiana Jones was considered a TV show because <laughs> we had the VHSs for Young Indiana Jones. That's why I said more than five. I'm not an idiot. I promise. So did you know that the next one was called Indiana Jones 5? I did. I thought the Young Indiana Jones stuff was movies. I guess it must have been a TV show. I'm Googling that. Not out of bitterness. Yeah, it was a TV show. Well, here we are again, folks. I, I snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. <laughs> I knew that you knew much more about Indiana Jones than Nerd Bomber. So that last question was supposed to be a gimme. And you we over- just talked about D23 last week. You guys. overthought it, man. You, over- <laughs> you overthought it. I Look, I overthought it. But at the, at the same time, I was, again, I just wanted to justify why i said more than five because of the young indiana jones i thought they were movies i really i really did kid time runs way differently than adult time a young kid watching those probably felt like two hours yeah see this is very frustrating i'm i'm reading off wikipedia now by the way again not out of bitterness i just want to make it clear that i'm not an idiot the young indiana jones chronicles due to its large budget and low viewership low viewership ratings the series was canceled in 1993 however following the series cancellation four made for tv movies were produced from 1994 to 1996 i'm not making this up that's in 1999 the series was re-edited into 22 tv movies under the title the adventures of indiana jones so i still think i was wrong to be clear i'm not saying i was right but i'm saying that's why i thought what i thought (laughs) So, I don't know. Food for thought, I guess. I'll take the loss. What else is new? Nerd Bomb roofs 10 and 9. I moved to 8 and 15. So, it's pretty much over for me, I think. I, can I even... How many weeks are left in the year? Can I come back? I think there's sufficient time for you to come back if you really put your mind to it. Can at least get into double-digit wins. My mind is my mind is, is fully on it. Let me just make that as clear as I can. I'm going to go study uh, for the next week of time. That's where I'll be if anyone needs me. Uh, in the meantime, I will turn it over to Tech Tech to take us out with a tech tip. Go apple picking. Nice, short and sweet, literally. Have a good week, everybody.